making it unnecessarily complex. Though. I'm not. You are. I'm not. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Because it's 9.07 a.m. Saturday, October the 17th, 2020. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane show. <laughs> <laughs> still hurts. still hurts my heart when I, when I do that. That is such a weird thing. Isn't that strange, Diane? But it then is. there are several strange things uh, to be discussed since it's been such a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. What are our topics? <laughs> I mean, I've got some, but they're minor. I don't have any big overarching, you know, concepts that I can, you know. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. Tailor my little nuggets to. Well, yeah, ham and eggs. let's so, bring up the little the little uh, nuggets. Start with nuggets? Well, why not? Well, don't we need to introduce some kind of larger overarching theme? Uh, you know, because that's what it says on the outline on the cue cards. <laughs> um, my little nuggets would be, you know, Tuesday nights continues to be fun and life-giving and vital <laughs> and essential to... My continuation as a human. Uh, I'm enjoying a pretty creative stretch of time here uh, in the midst of a lot of chaos and churning and all those kind of words that we use these days. And I got to work at the, at, at the, the office a couple of days this week, which made me kind of feel, it took me out of this routine that I've developed here at home and put me back in a place where there were other people, and, you know, and uh, environment and, you know, you know, society in a, in a certain kind of way. And it was very nice and refreshing. And I liked everybody I encountered and felt a, some degree of competence and was really, this particular time, I felt so appreciated because everybody at the office, and it was mostly just Cynthia, but she was so thankful that I was there and really talked and then her the uh, a friend of her Sean came in at the end of the day and was saying oh it's a pleasure to finally meet you you know I've heard so much about how what how what a great guy you are and how reliable and how uh, how uh, uh, fastidious you are about the job and that you really you know I can't remember the word he used now. And yet you still think all the time that they're just about ready to kick you well, to you the know, curb. you just don't get, there's certain element, when you get to a certain age, I think there are aspects of your life that you don't get a lot of reinforcement for your competency at. And that's one of them for me because I've, the idea of working in an office just seems so out of my wheelhouse when I think of me as I know me. <laughs> so to be able to go, I mean, the, the closest I can equate it to is work when I worked in radio, but that was a completely different kind of thing. But it was an office-like setting, you know, where you came in and you saw the everybody, uh, all the same people every day, and you had your little part that you'd played. Anyway, it's weird to not that that part of life is kind of uh, kind of 
sailed off a little ways from shore, and I don't get access to it very often. So when I and, and you know, I think if I w was working for the next week, by the end of the next week, I would probably be complaining again, you know, on some level about the work. Uh, but it was just, it was really nice. And Cynthia is such a nice person to work for. And I don't know, I just made it, it was just a pleasure. So. Well, that might be an overarching theme, Bill. Oh. About competency. Competency, yes. Well. Because yesterday, I it was interesting that I had the day off. I've been, I have so much time built up. Vacation time. Vacation time that um, my supervisor asked whether I could consider just taking Fridays off. And I said, actually, I think that's a lovely idea because I'm going to be in a run to use up all the vacation time I've got on the books before I retire. So, um, and also October, we have this big slam that kind of goes from June until September. And the end of September, really, right? The end of September. And it's, it's like everything is so panicked and so frantic, and then it, <coughs> the work just drops off like, and every year I think how radical it feels because so you are so, so busy. And then you just go whomp down and, and it's uh, much more relaxed. And But there's, I mean, it's not like there's nothing to do. In well, like there's that. during these times we work on projects to further the future uh, big pushes. To and, make those, to make and those big pushes easier. Yeah, yeah, and there's always something going on. Um, winter time also gets a little bit of a bump up, but nothing like the summer fall is. But Maria asked me, my supervisor asked me if I would be willing to attend a meeting, even though it was my day off, because a group that oversees the reports that are run in, in the system that we used wanted to talk to me and another person who had experience about creating a new report and I don't really need to go into the details other than to say that at this stage of my life I just feel like I can talk about any topic about my job without preparing without it's just so in my mind mm -hmm. and so I was talking to you about it yesterday when you came home because I said it's that's one of the the wonderful things about being older is that you really know the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. And one of the things that really enlightens me as I'm older is how much of of what you do is just doing that thing for years and years and years. Because yeah. I think about Chris Lund, for example, with the Victory Music and how he's just started with a small idea, but he was just so persistent over time that it grew as a concept. And well, I think ideas appeared in front of him as the as he saw places that he could expand into. Right. That would be not only good for growing victory, but would be of service to the community on some level. Right. Here's a place where they don't have music, like, you know, the, the outreach to the senior homes and things like that that he used to do. Well, and the I business played, played, seminars. Yeah, I played and several the, of those shows, and, yeah. and it was really enjoyable. And you could see that this was a, these people needed music in their lives, you know, that this was something that they weren't getting 
that was of benefit. You know? And then when we did the concert for kids yeah, and all that. All that but when I was in Victory, the thing that really impressed me the most was how much it is just hard work. Yeah. That you are just doing a lot of hard work and you're doing it all the time. And then it has this fruit that is blooming in the world. But it takes a lot of hard work for that seed to develop into the fruit and to you know blossom into the flower and then into the fruit and all that it takes a while and that's the same as my my job in any situation because you have to have done the job for long enough that you can even think about improvements to make yeah. because when you're first doing something it just seems chaotic and weird and then you have to uh think okay well that didn't go well so how can i improve it next time around so a lot of the things that this overarching report group was were interested in and reports that I have developed on my own and this other woman also had developed on her own and we had some very similar situations. But the whole point of it is that something went wrong and you created something to make it go right, right. the next time. Yeah. So, but it just impressed me because I think that when people age, that they feel like they are being edged out of their jobs oftentimes. And that's really a, a shame for the company at large, because the people who have been doing it for a long time, unless they won't change with the times, you have to change with right. the times right. in your job too. But if you are changing with the times, you can be such a valuable resource. And it just made me feel really happy to have developed this level of competency in my work and just from doing it for a long long time i think the another thing that happens though there's another side to that coin is that when you get older you start to disengage right well definitely and I that's think, true and i i credit you with having a level of awareness in yourself for the last 10 years uh that this time would be coming and that there needed to be a way that you could pass all your encyclopedic knowledge of the of the university and its rules and regulations and all the different uh, agencies they interact with, um, all the rules that govern those things. And and you you thought have thought for as long as I've been with you that about how to pass this knowledge on. It seems like the shared services group that you are with now was designed for that on some level because this is a, an area where it's actually created a landing pad for all of your knowledge created a system wherein it can be it can be dispensed and and absorbed and so I, it when i when i think about you and those and those encounters and those meetings and things like that i think that it's like the absolute best example i've ever seen of a person being able to uh, enjoy the fruits of their labor, you know, uh, and and pass on what needs to be passed on and, and turn a 30-some a year career into a legacy that is of lasting value, you know, so that's just a cool thing. It's like a, it's like a body of work, you know, and being able to uh, deliver it where it's needed. So it's, it's just a good feeling to have that 
and it gives you the opportunity to not not only grow uh, and dispense this uh, this knowledge because you know that there's a place where it can go but it also gives you the opportunity to feel it's okay to back away yeah you know because that is a force that's going on at the same time i know a lot of people our age who are still engaged in their careers they're just so sick of it yeah you know there's a part of them that that yearns for a different kind of life Uh, and i think that's just a natural progression of getting older i don't know that there's anything particular that triggers it other than maybe just the body wanting to wanting to slow down you know it's a we've learned you and i have learned in the last 10 years about how to communicate with our own bodies and how to hear what it's saying and recognize signs in ourselves and things and i think that's one that's just a natural thing that whether people acknowledge it as the body actually speaking or whether it's just you know i'm old i'm tired i don't want to do this anymore however they interpret it i think it's a pretty natural part of life and well, it's it's really a, uh it's it's to your credit uh diane that you you have because of the way you have structured your whole life and that beca- because your true inner art ability is the, the ability to organize um i mean this is a way to it's like you, you're you're d- uncovering your collage one little bit at a time until everybody can see all of it so i think it's cool it's well, like you know you know if if suddenly there were 5000 people showing up on tuesday nights i'd feel like i'd done something you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I still feel like I've done something with, with 30, with 30 the people there. I feel like I've done something. What, where I am learning about competency is a lot about the poetry. You know, I don't do very many cover tunes, and yet I'm, here I am with all these shelves of books that I've lived with for my, all my adult life and have read from my, all my adult life without ever thinking that I would actually be performing these pieces. But now I'm getting a chance to read these poems out loud to an audience, poems by other people, I mean, but that have meant something to me for a long time. And I'm realizing I know this stuff, you know? You know how saying, to read it saying and it out bring loud. it about. Well, yeah, and it, I enjoy it. I enjoy it because I enjoy the poetry. And so that's an, another thing. I mean, I... I never felt like I was good in a literature class because I didn't really talk about it in terms of literature. I was always talking about how he made that, how putting this word next to this word and breaking the line here created this energy in the words that made them just pop off the page. Uh, You know, I, I wanted to understand how that was done, or I was just endlessly fascinated by that phenomenon. And that's kind of where my fascination sat in these classes where they were talking about, you know, all kinds of themes and metaphor and, you know, origination stories and stuff like that, which I found interesting, but I didn't, none of that, those ideas ever came to me. Mine was more about, listen to how, listen to what these words taste like as they're coming out of your mouth. If you put this word and this word and this word and this word together, you make this, this amazing uh, kind of, aural stew that is just got all these little flicks and flecks in it you know it's just you know the way the words uh dance you know or whatever they do 
I just it reminds me of something your mom told me about when you were a kid that um, you were just a little boy and she was telling you about deciduous trees and you said deciduous that's a good word <laughs> and I I often when I'm talking to you you'll often, you'll oftentimes say you know you'll repeat some word that I've said and say that's a good word and I I love that about you yeah. I love that you've had that ever since you were a child whatever but I have to say uh, that for me the poetry we were talking about this at our zoom meet up with the Westminster basement mm. group that we get together with every other week um, I was saying that the the poetry reading has been an unexpected delight I mean I did not know you were going to do it when you started doing it I don't think I knew I was going to do it when I started doing it and I've had the, the treat ever since I've been with you of having you read poetry to me. In fact, I remember one time when I was in the bathtub and you, you had just read something by Donald Hall and you came in and said, can I read this to you? And I was just like, yes, I had candlelight and listening to poetry in the bathtub. That was just about the, the most luxurious, heavenly sort of experience that I could have. But your, your particular voice and the way that you read is so wonderful. And it reminded me of something that Michael Mead had said in a room in the Rumi documentary that um that our friend Hayden Reese had put out and he was basically saying that that he believed that poetry was meant to be heard that you had to actually hear the the words against your eardrums mm -hmm. you know to have it be the most powerful and i have to agree because yeah. Ever since you have been reading the poetry, there are times, it's funny because people usually comment a lot during the songs, just kind of putting in their comments, but they always get quieter during the poetry because I think it just is so totally, you have to be totally engaged. You don't think and it's because they've left the room? No, <laughs> and then they, afterwards, they will, they'll have the little hearts or whatever, but... And then they'll say later in the time, oh, I really love the poetry reading tonight. But but quite frankly, there have been so many poems that you've read that have just brought me to tears. And, and I don't think I have the same experience when I just read it, read on, the it page, on the page. But if I read a poem that I love, like um, in Blackwater Woods... I always cry when I'm saying it. So there's something about hearing it, not just reading it. And that has been an incredible thing. And I think I've already told you that, you know, when I wrote my article about you, the whole article was about who should I be? Should I be a poet or a songwriter? Yeah. And I think all your life you've been both. And I think that this is the... The culmination, or let's say, since it's the overarching theme, the competency of of what you've done all your life. Right. I mean, I I think that the Tuesday nights represent everything that is has been in your life as your competencies, 
coming into fruition because many people have said and I agree that you were like tailor made for these these little um live performances with no one else in the room I mean most people can't really pull it off because they can't they can't do the kind of uh, easy humor filled talking that you just do because you had been a radio broadcaster and the idea that you had to do the poetry because you love poetry and you know that has made for a very unique experience uh, for me as a listener a listener watcher I um, you know for you folks who are listening to this Bill is always saying that I'm prejudiced because I'm his wife but the whole thing is that I was a fan before a wife you know so I know what I know I know what I love and I love that so I really look forward to Tuesday nights for it's a thing that I keep in the back of my head I know what I know I really look forward to Tuesday nights for everything about it. I love the shows, although I'm not able to quite put my attention totally into the show as got, I am You've got your own later. responsibilities, yeah. But, um, You're part of the show. But it's the feeling that is really tr- uh, truly a feeling that you are with people in the room. Yeah. I mean, people oftentimes say that they're in the room, and I feel like they are in the room. I we feel are it. adapting to our circumstance here as human beings uh, who need community, and uh, this is the best we've got right now. And it's it's not like being together, uh, but it sure beats the alternative. It right? sure it, does. And so this is, you know, for the people who are in it because they need it, or in it because of the interaction and stuff like that. I just applaud you. I just. Um, and you have no idea how good it feels at my end. Uh, that's why I took a picture of the of everybody last week. <laughs> I mean, I just you know I would love if I could have everybody's face on the screen in front of me. You know, if I was singing into a Zoom call or something like that, and so the people could actually sign into a Zoom call that would just be there as the audience yeah. for, for me to look at. <laughs> that- while fun. I'm playing that would be fun that would be just you know I was thinking about that when I was laying in bed last night you know if I could create some way where I could see the audience that would be because I, I don't need to see me much although there are certain things that I do that I were in I need to be able to see where the edges of the of my space are yeah. and stuff like that but other things this week, uh, in the same sense of community, uh, I'm I'm participating at work in a. I'm part of the Halloween planning uh-huh. party, um, and we are coming up with ideas to make that fun in absentia. You know, yeah. I feel like, and even as we were talking about it, it's it's so funny because the the people who are part of the planning committee we are all just really getting so excited by having some ideas to help people participate you know in in some celebratory thing there's a great so sign to me uh about the potential for a good future for humanity to see this part of it where you know, a lot of us, especially at our age, fear the technology. 
fear what it's doing to everybody, fear that we won't understand what's next, and all this kind of stuff. But here is countless, countless numbers of people putting something into it that is a gift to everybody. You know, putting up, actually uh, using the technology to create something that is that starts with them. That is not something pretty they were able to do with this program or, you know, look what I did with, you know, TikTok or, you know, look at this little neat, cute thing I did with little hearts popping out. It's just art going out in the way that it would be if we were at the CNP Coffee House or at the Cooth Buzzard Bookstore. Um, people are doing what they do for an audience because it feeds everybody, including the people who are singing or the, or the people who are reading or doing whatever. You know, it's, uh, it's a good sign to me that there's so much of this going on using the technology that we're all kind of afraid of at the beginning. When I think about how I felt when I was first doing these Tuesday night things and decided to make it a weekly thing and was trying to find a way to operate my week to where it would be building towards this, because it's just this whole cycle of energetic Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Stuff that goes on during my week, you know, starting on Wednesday morning. You, boy. Um, That's good coffee. Uh, the, that builds towards Tuesday, the next Tuesday night. Oh, and I love the little <laughs> films that you've been putting uh, out. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Yeah. It makes me think you really should have had a, a short film uh, director career, or creator. Mm, yeah, no. Creation career. Too, too nerve-wracking. Makes me think that's why maybe Alice was interested in that movie <laughs> class, too. What? Remember she took that little movie, she was interested in making movies for a while? She took a class and Oh, in that? that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Alice grew up in an, in an interesting environment. I think Alice got a lot of her artistic interest from her mom. Because Sue's always been very graphically adept, and uh, you know. well, she had the genetics from both sides. I think. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So competency, we've established it. We've got our theme. We can move on. <laughs> well, it's funny because that really was a theme of the week, hmm. in some ways, uh, for me, because the. The other thing that I was going to say when you were talking about my planning is that uh, my my boss had said at our last staff, we had a smaller staff meeting of just the, the people who had not just been recently hired. We, we recently hired two people. And uh, my supervisor wanted us to talk about what we could pass off to these two people from our job, how we wanted to divide the work. Right. And my colleague, Chris, is so much like I am. You know, they didn't really want to give up anything <laughs> that he had, but we have to, you know. And for me, that arc has been resolved because I know I need to start giving things up. There isn't any question. But... My supervisor was very wise when she was talking. She said, you know, the thing is that there really isn't any way to promote in our jobs. So I'm assuming that 
that she didn't speak of me because she knew I'd be retiring, but she said, I'm assuming that you, Chris and Carlos will be wanting to promote at some point. And so we have to get so good at training people so that it won't cause a horrible uh, adjustment period that we just really are so good at what, uh, that we become experts at training. And I, I just, I constantly marvel at her incredible skills as a supervisor, but that is one of them. I have never had a boss do that because for the most part, they have always been worried that if somehow they made their job so transparent or whatever that, that somehow they'd be replaced. And I think that that's the, the feeling we often do have in, in jobs is thinking, Oh, well, if I, if I really train that other person, then where am I? And the whole, well, you are where you are until you aren't. Right. <laughs> and and but I that think is... she's right because, I mean, you know, you have to give certain segments of the job to someone else because every segment is going to be getting bigger as you guys take on new departments right. and things like that and more is asked of you. The volume of each of any one task is going to be expanding. So the only way to be able to keep up with that is to spread the tasks out, to right. give a certain number of tasks to somebody else. But I just think it was brilliant, and I yeah, wanted it's... to applaud her for her forward thinking because instead of thinking, oh my gosh, if I... I have seen so many people in my working life that don't want to teach other people because they feel like if they teach other people their tricks, that somehow they will that be replaced. That makes them obsolete, yeah. And that is so very far from the truth that I've experienced in my life. I've always been one of those people that's like, get everybody to know how to do stuff, you know, because we are not competing against each other. We are in a place where we can help each other. And, um, and this is, this is my, you know, my last couple of years. And, uh, I just feel like I'm in a really happy place with that. Well, that's one of the most graceful things I have ever seen. Well, I think about my mom in that regard, that she planned out her the end of her life pretty darn well, too, and yeah. so did my dad. I mean, so watching, because I will never forget in my entire life how my mom just gave up everything. Yeah. Bit by a, bit. That was an amazing process to watch uh, from my vantage point too especially like that we didn't have to fight her to have her stop driving when she thought she was not being safe anymore she took herself out she she directed every step of the way and every step of the way was the right timing and I felt like I never had to to ask her to do some of the things that kids have had to ask their parents to do that's a big one too because you know what, how that shrinks your life when you yeah. no longer drive. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, talk about encountering your, your, you know, things going away that won't come back, kind of. There's a lot of that going on uh, at this stage in life, and I imagine it's probably going to accelerate a little as we get older. Yeah. I don't know if you've thought about that much, but <laughs> we probably are going to continue to age. Yes, I have thought about this a, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. And especially because my birthday is coming up. Right, right. It's right around the corner. Yeah, that's true. And I'm so happy to announce that 
Boy, that... I hope this works. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make it work one yeah. way or another, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that Bill and Kat will be doing a, a Zoom concert together. That's my... It's been my habit for my birthday for a long time to have my birthdays with Kat. And then when Bill... I don't know, when you... When I fell in love with Bill and he came to be over here, then it was like all, uh, it was usually Kat and Bill and John and I. And I couldn't imagine a birthday without having Kat and Bill's performances because that's been true for a long, long time. So Well, there you go. As a matter of fact, it was just last year that we had the album release, the Night Sky album release. Yeah. My, no, it was on my on my birthday, the uh, the 26th, I think. Was it? I think it was. Mm. Because I remember that you were saying, well, or no, maybe maybe the, no, maybe it was the open mic that was on hmm. my birthday itself. I don't know. All these things, all it all melds in the rivers of time. Yes, it's a stew. Memory is a stew, and there's nothing wrong with a good stew, because you know, stew is better after a couple of days in the fridge. That's you know? true. Yeah, everything starts when when things start to blend together. Everything tastes better, you know. So I think there's a good, it's a good thing about the way memory works like that. You know? Anyway, it was a special request that I made of Bill and Cat, if if we could do this for this time so a week from tuesday october 27th seven o'clock on the dreaded facebook and i'm also trying to adapt a pumpkin pie recipe yes i'm very Man, there's so much going on i know because you know when i was a kid i loved pumpkin pie and i felt like why don't we have pumpkin pie more you know the only times we'd have it were thanksgiving and christmas right. and i'd always feel like i want pumpkin pie i want so, pumpkin pie all year round people <laughs> and so my These my seasonal uh, dishes i actually asked my my mom to fix pumpkin pie instead of cake for my birthday yeah. and she had been doing that every birthday since i was a child um and on my 40th birthday, she made a, a 40 out of pie crust and put it on top of the, yeah. the uh, pumpkin pie birthday uh, pie. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and so uh, this year you were saying, what are we going to do about pumpkin pie? Because we both really adapted our, our changed our diet so much. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, I'm going to find something that's a healthy pumpkin pie pie and i think i found it well we'll gonna, find out we'll find out i'm looking forward to finding out i think it would be it will be a fun uh, process all the way i feel a little bad about you making your own birthday pie but yeah um, yeah I, I i got over that fairly quick <laughs> i'm just looking forward to scarfing down on something i think it's going to be a pre- pretty easy make yeah but um today's music yeah. Is oh, yeah, we do music on this show. Music. Usually at the end, right? Usually at the end. Yeah. Um, every October, as soon as October arrives, I start thinking about this one song that is one of my favorite songs called Shoal Water 
by Stanley Greenthal. And partially because the very first line is, first October leaves. And when I first heard this song, I just, oh, I just fell in love with it so hard. And it is a, a beloved song in my memory and my life. And it seems to have a lot to do with what times we're going through too, um, because I, I just want to read a little bit about the shoal waters, what shoal waters are. Mm -hmm. Shoal water is a treacherous place to be, not in deep water and not on land. It is a place in between, full of unexpected hazards, of submerged sandbars, diffractive waves, and countercurrents. So I, to know that going into the song, and also to know that this particular, what I just read to you, is from Kip Robinson Greenthal, who is Stanley's wife, and the title and the theme of the song came from a novel that she had written, and she is now going to be publishing it wow. in 2021, in autumn, a year from now I've been very interested in this because I knew that she had written this novel but I was wondering when it might be published right. because I've heard about it for a long time and I've always wanted to read it but interestingly um, her first novel Shoal Water won the 2020 Landmark Prize for Fiction sponsored by Homebound Publications and will be published in autumn of 2021. That's cool. So not only did it inspire one of my favorite songs, but it will soon be a book that I'm eager to read. And uh, I, I'll tell you more about it when that comes around. Yeah, I want to read it too. But... Um, Stanley has already, as you know, Stanley is a, a favorite local musician of, of mine, and and I just love his his uh, his his music. Really reminds me of fall. I really love to listen to his music in the fall and winter. There's something that evokes that for me. Yep, I hear it.
strong enough can I pull the dory through shore water to you leaving windy shores drifting in the dory my heart is at my back in strong enough to bring this gift to you I bear from my
When I first met you, I was in clover. I was reminded over and over how swift runs the morning, how soft turns the day. Oh, but love was easy. Long were the hours given to grieving with armfuls of sorrow, loneliness, and leaving. We stepped from the old house, climbing to the day. Oh, but love goes easy. Here is my hand, love, cleft on the morrow. Promise to keep through the dark winter hollow How quick flies the fire, how still pulls the day Oh, but love lies Then 